Welcome to the Black and White. I'm Alex. I'm Abigail. And let's talk Hatterfield. So this week we're finally moving on from the musicals to the Nightmare Time episodes. And we're going to obviously start with the first one, the Hatterfield Ape Man. We'll be talking about who the Ape Man is, different character relationships, and why did Becky climb a tree? I think that's mainly the biggest mystery of all of Hatchetfield, why Becky exactly climbed a tree. And so we're obviously going to be devoting time of this into talking about why she was in a tree for two days. For sure. In the Hatchetfield Ape Man, there are two known Ape Mans. One of them is fake, which is Conk, played by Ted. And one of them is real, Wooly Foot or Chumby. So I'm pretty sure that Wooly Foot or Chumby is... Something that everyone in Hatcherfield has kind of heard of, and it's a legend in Hatcherfield, but none of them think that it's real, including Kitchens. Yeah, I mean, right before he dies, he even says to Lucy, he's just like, you were stupid enough to believe in the ape man. There isn't an ape man right before he gets killed by the ape man. And I think it's interesting because Hatcherfield, as we know, is very like it has so many different things going on in it with the black and white and the lords in black and all that but I feel like a Hatchetfield ape man just kind of like it's very off subject from the rest of Hatchetfield and it seems like how did that get there yeah the ape man it says in the song he was born someplace in the woods but that no one actually knows anything about him based on the following lines of he's tall, he is short, he's good or bad at sports. The point is that nobody knows. And I think that just shows that, like, it's kind of a thing in Hatcherfield, like, oh, the Hatcherfield eight man that they tell kids, but that, um, like, everyone that tells it kind of has their own, like, idea of it. Like, some people think he's tall, some people think he's short, and just different things but no one there's not really one concrete thing because no one's ever seen the Hatcherfield Eight Man. no one realizes that it's real yeah and also at the very start Donna Daggett is talking about like she's saying that the Hatcherfield Eight Man is scary and she's saying he's a monster but to Lucy he's anything but she's saying that to most people they do fear the Eight Man, but to Lucy she's very different which is strange because he just saved her out of a tree and suddenly she just ignores all of the rumours that he is monstrous. And also a lot of the things that Donna Daggett says is like, um, of like the legends of things, like the Hatchfield Eightman, we now know it's actually real, which we'll get mm-hmm. to in further episodes. But so I think that they just have a lot of legends based on things that have happened in Hatchfield and they don't realise that a lot of it is real. Yeah, and a lot of that will probably be the doing of the Lords in Black and, like, the people in the black and white, the creatures, who are trying to stop people from remembering all of this crazy stuff because no one in Hatchetfield seems to, like, notice any of the really strange stuff that's always going on. And I think that's probably to do with the Lords in Black, which is just exactly why no one believes in the Hatchetfield Ape Man. Moving on to our fake Hatchetfield eight-man, Conk. A lot of people pointed out in the live chat and in the comments for the Hatchetfield eight-man that Conk sounds like slang for a certain word, which I'm not going to say. But it was obvious that that was the first thing Ted was thinking of when he blanked, which is very telling of Ted's character. 
Hitchens also around um, Thatchfield Eight Man like gets really mad at Ted for improvising, and that's how the whole like no exposing him for actually being Ted happened, which is interesting. Yeah, especially since. Hitchens definitely has some kind of foresight, which we will talk about next week, because his episode will be next week. Based on the fact that he knew that ape man's name was Chumbi. Like, he even said, like, Chumbi, that's the name of an ape man. And he's just like, he's very... No one really talks about just how much, like, psychic energy he has in the foresight department. And even though, like, he doesn't believe that the Hatcherfield ape man is real, he still gets the name right yeah which is like he's very good at pretending but like Hitchens also shows a lot of his naivety when it comes to Kong because Kong in himself is not very well thought through and I think Hitchens maybe could have done something about that but I mean they didn't think about the fact that Kong is somehow surprised by horses And the rain, despite the fact that he's lived in the woods all of his apparent life. Also, he seems to learn very fast, which Lucy should have realized, like, that's weird. He went from not knowing any English to suddenly being able to tell me that he loves me and he wants to marry me. And also, since Hidden says, like, you must not fall in love with him, and then um, Conk starts to fall in love with Lucy, I feel like she should have realized, like oh, something maybe up here. Mm-hmm. Especially since, like, Lucy and herself just comes off really, really ignorant, which we'll talk about when we discuss her character further, probably. So next we'll be talking about the different character relationships in the Hatchetfield Ape Man. Yeah, we're going to start with the first relationship with it, that we're really introduced to, which is Lucy's relationship with the real Hatchetfield Eight Man Chumbi. So I think she's very desperate for Chumbi to be real. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as Hijin says, here we have the Eight Man, she just goes with it in the hopes. And I'm pretty sure that's because she's in love with the Eight Man. Like, yeah, that she's never met him, but she knows that she loves him. Which definitely puts a wrench in the fact that she's trying to marry Jonathan because she's actively trying to get his money so she can go and find someone who she is genuinely in love with. And that's kind of problematic that she is in love with this being, which isn't human, but the only thing she knows about it is that it has kind human eyes and she doesn't think it will hurt her. Because... The ape man is the only human feature about the ape man is apparently his eyes, which is interesting because if she remembers his eyes so much, I would be surprised if the actual Hatchfield ape man and Conk had like the same eyes, and you would think that she would, if that was like the main thing that she remembered about him, that she would realize like, oh, this is different than I remember but I think that she was just so desperate for him to be real that she's like yeah whatever I believe it yeah especially since like she is very very willing to go with whatever the professor says in that sense of like oh this is the eight this is the eight man okay um and I think that was because of how much she loved the eight man that she looked that was why she looked past a bunch of 
the really strange and very obvious inconsistencies and oversights in the planning just because she was so much in love with the ape man that she wanted him to be real yeah and I think that one Higgins had was like can you stay and like help me like teach him how to be a man that she was like well if I stay things with Jonathan could end very badly but I think that um since she really wanted to believe that he was real she did decide to stay because she thought well He's the Hatchfield Ape Man. I found him. I won't need Jonathan's money. Yeah. And in the topic of her, like, falling in love with the idea of the Ape Man, she has a, like, proper relationship that we should probably discuss with her and Ted, who, like, is playing Conk. But then at the end, when she finds out who he actually is, I think that he loves her. Ted genuinely loves Lucy. But the love is unrequited when she finds out who he actually is because she doesn't love Ted or Kong. She loves the ape man. Yeah, and I think that Ted, I mean, Ted genuinely loves Lucy. But it's interesting because we know other than Jenny, everyone that he's ever, like, dated or supposedly was in love with, he was just using them. And I think it was still the same with Lucy, even though he did feel something more for her than he felt with, like, Charlotte. Yeah, because he willingly died and got shot for her. Something that he definitely would not have done for Charlotte. I mean, yeah, he didn't want to give anything up for Charlotte at all, based on the conversation they had in the other room while everyone else was getting drinks in, the guy who didn't like musicals, unlike Lucy, who he died for. Yeah. And like on the same pathway of like Lucy's relationships, there is also her relationship with Jonathan. So they're both just using each other. None. It's not a one-sided relationship or anything. They both just are using each other, and they both know that. They both want something that the other has, and so they've both um, just decided, let's do this thing where we just marry each other. We can be the Duke and Duchess. Um, I can have your money, we'll do this mutual agreement, we'll make up the public appearances, they're probably going to end up having a few kids just to keep up the appearance, but secretly they'll be doing it whilst not liking each other at all. Yeah, and that when they don't have to do a public appearance or just, like, do something, they'll just kind of go off on their own and do their own thing. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the wedding did go through and Hitchens never found Lucy, I would not be surprised if he had a few mistresses. Yeah. Especially since it's very clear that throughout her whole life, the only person or thing she's ever loved is the ape man. Not Chumbi, not Conk, not Jonathan. Just the idea of the ape man that she's got in her head. And so, of course, she wouldn't have found a husband. And, of course, she wouldn't be with someone who she loved because she'd already, since she was very young, been in love with a completely other creature, which everyone told her was fake. And I think she would have, um, after having Jonathan's money and if she eventually found the real Hatchfield ape man, that she would have... um, left Jonathan and been like I don't need you anymore because that Jonathan would have just 
kept up the act, but I feel like after she found the real Hatchfield eight man, she wouldn't leave him. Yeah, because he had to keep up the act for what he wanted, because he wanted her title. Yeah, and she wanted his money to find the Hatchfield eight man, so I think that if or when she did, she would leave him. Yeah, I don't, I doubt she would have to stick up with it for longer than she thought she did. Yeah. So next we're going to be talking about Lucy and Jonathan um, individually as characters because they will both not be getting their own episode. Yeah, and you might think that maybe Lucy would get her an episode as she is the main technical main character, but she's only in this one story, and so we thought it would be better fitting to give her episode to Higgins. So Lucy seems very naive. Yeah, she takes everything as she hears it and she believes it. There isn't a single moment in the entire thing where she doubts what she's been told. Yeah, and things that seem obvious that Jonathan points out right away about, like, well, why doesn't he have, like, a scar or something from the wound if that's why he had to be shaven and stuff like that. I think she realized, but she's like, no, no, he's real. Like, because she really, she thinks, like, if he's not real, then I just spent all this time and money searching for something not real. And she's like, he has to be real. Yeah. Especially since she gives up every single bit of her entire family's fortune just trying to find the one ape man. And... It just comes off really ignorant. Like, she didn't think, maybe I should just use a bit of this money. She uses all of it in the hope of finding this one fictional being that she's in love with. But she isn't in love with Chumby. She's in love with the idea of Chumby, which makes the love really similar to, like, a fangirl who's really obsessed with a fictional character. Strange love of him. And, like, on the same note of her, like, strange love of him is, and the fact that she takes everything as she hears it, like, at the end, she just, she doesn't think for a second, maybe this is another hoax. Because you would think after what she'd just been through, where she just found out that everything she knew was a lie, she would think, Maybe this eight man is also not true. You'd think she would have some trust issues, but she doesn't. She's the exact same as she was before. She just takes it again. She doesn't even think, are you the real eight man? She just believes it because he saved her. But who knows? This could be another thing that's just and a hoax. She, yeah, and she constantly mentions like the eight man's familiar eyes. But then if she really remembers his eyes and stuff... Why, after, I'm sure that Ted and Chumby do not have, like, similar eyes. And wouldn't she have realized if the eyes are, like, the main thing that she remembers of him, like, the main human trait, that, oh, he doesn't have those eyes that I remember. But she was very naive to be like, oh, no, I'm sure, like, that I made that up or thought of something else. And, like, he has to be real. Yeah. I mean... She literally is just believing that's her entire character. She follows. She's definitely not a leader, and that is exactly why she was so willing to marry Jonathan, who we should probably move on to now. Yeah, he seems... 
everyone seems to hate him at the beginning because you think, like, he's the villain. Like, he's going to get in the way of Lucy and the Hatchetfield Ape-Man. But really, he's, like, just as good as, well, he's the same as Lucy. Like, he's using Lucy just like Lucy's using him, but he's not naive. Yeah. Starkin actually takes us on a really good journey to how we feel about him when he dies. Because when we meet him, we just got these scenes of Lucy and Conk. And so we're inclined to think, oh, he's going to get in the way of them being in love. Then we find out that Ted and uh, that Ted is secretly being an actor as Conk. And we immediately think, oh, so Conk is bad, so maybe Jonathan's a good guy. When immediately after... Hitchens tells Jonathan that it's real and we get this sense of oh he's gonna die and so when he dies we end up feeling really sympathetic for Jonathan based on the adventure that stuff could takes us on with having us initially think that he's the villain yeah like also it just seems like he would be a villain the way Kurt portrays him and stuff he seems like a villain but really he's not yeah, he talks in a very pretty accent. He's very degrading of Lucy, and he definitely doesn't have any respect for her. But nobody else, ha- other than maybe Ted, out of his bashful love for Lucy, respects her. Nobody respects her. Even Donna Daggett clearly does not have any respect for this girl. Yeah. Her and being kind of degrading is how everybody talks to her in the entire thing. And so you can't really write that off as a bad character trait because it's how he's been raised in a prim and proper society and he never went on holiday to some small town in Michigan where he just found this ape man. He's been raised in a very polite household. Yeah, and he, like, like even Donna Daggett, like, talks really badly about her, honestly, and yet we automatically assume he's the villain. So I think that you kind of feel bad for him after assuming that. Yeah. So the following few minutes of the show are going to be dedicated to maybe the most important thing and the most like law-driving thing in the entirety of the Hadgetfield series. Why? Did Becky Barnes climb a tree and not come down for two days? It keeps me up at night. Why she was in a tree for two days. What drove her up there. The fact that Hitchens saw her and he knew it was exactly two days she was in there. There were so many questions and so many of them just go completely, completely unexplained. And we need answers. This is more important than the black and white this is more important than anything else in the Hatchetfield series we need to know. So, like, we can't really decide, like, we can't really come up with the theory of, like, a concrete theory of why she climbed a tree other than just our ideas, because we don't have any evidence for it. But, like, was it because of Stanley? Was it, like, just why? Yeah, a key thing to point out would have been We don't know Becky's age when she climbed the tree because Higgins went mad and most likely went into his manor and just stayed there 
about 30 years before the events of anything which all would have occurred in 2019 which is when he would have been in his early to mid 60s and so over 30 years Becky would have probably been from the ages of like her very early years to obviously when she was an adult so it could be any spectrum of when she was a young child to an adult woman when he would have seen her and then I could just picture like Hidgen seeing Becky in a tree realizing that she's not coming down and being like oh I'm gonna recite my entire working place to her or my entire working boys play to her I can just picture that happening yeah because clearly it was in the woods and clearly a lot of stuff happened there but actually I saw a theory but we were just scrolling through the comments before recording this from someone called um we first saw the comment from someone called shiny minon the 30 geek um sorry if i mispronounced that but they basically said wait so Higgins is stanley and that really got us thinking we don't think that's actually true because of the very large age gap that it would have to be if that was in fact true but the theory actually has quite a lot of weight to it based on some of the evidence. Yeah, like, Higgins would have obviously saw Becky in a tree, and maybe she was climbing the tree because she was running away from Stanley, or because she says also to Tom when she's talking about how she killed Stanley, how, like, he chased her into the forest and he was the one that brought the knife. Could maybe she have climbed the tree and then he left because he's like well she's not coming down and then two days later she comes down and then there's the whole encounter with them or was she searching to see after she ran away like is his body here is he like still alive like and is that why she was in a tree also it would make quite a lot of sense with pigeons personality that he would have been an abusive partner but just yeah but just so it's a good theory, but I just think the age gap and just it doesn't really work with what we know about Hitchens and um, Becky. Yeah, I mean, it, I when I saw that, I thought, wait, really? This actually has a lot of weight, but it doesn't have enough evidence disproving the bad stuff, like the massive age gap. And the fact that she would have recognised Stanley. Though it does make a point that Higgins doesn't have any relatives. So Becky would have very gotten away easily with murdering him or saying he disappeared. And Higgins lives in isolation and not really many people know him. So no one would have really recognised him. Yeah. and But I do feel like Hatchetfield is a relatively small town. And while we know Higgins does spend most of his time in the manor. I know, we know that he does go to work because he's a biology professor and that I, I'm sure he has to go out into normal civilization for some things and that he probably would have run into Becky at some point. And therefore, I just don't think that it works for him to be Stanley. I think Stanley would have left Hatchetfield behind. Yeah, amazing anything we hear about him. He definitely is older than Becky, but I don't think 30 years older. He's probably...
played like two or three years older than her. Yeah. I don't think that she would date someone that much older than her. Yeah, because we're guessing that they met when she was like 20, when she was fairly young, because she makes a point of describing the boy she was talking to as young. So clearly Stanley wouldn't have been around the same age as her. So he was probably like 30 at most, but I, Hidgens at that time would have probably been 50 years old. And so the age gap is just too implausible. Yeah, and she was with Stanley for a while because we know that when Jane died in 2017 that she was still with Stanley because she wanted to go to the funeral. Yeah. Um, but that obviously leaves us without a theory on why Becky was in the tree. And so it could possibly have something to do with the murder. Maybe she went into the woods to see if she could find Stanley's body. And maybe she was trying to get a better look and didn't go down for some reason. I don't know why Becky wouldn't have gone down. Any theory we have doesn't explain why she was in there for days. But we just have theories for why she went up. And the reason why she stayed up there is more foggy than why she went up in the first place. Yeah. She met... Yeah, and I wonder, maybe she met Peanuts the Hatchetfield Pockets girl while she was up there. You never know, it's Hatchetfield. Yeah, and we're actually going to discuss this in our Time Bastard episode, but there are theories that Peanuts is Tinky. So, I don't know, maybe she went up there because she was tormented by the Lords in Black. Because it definitely seems like the Lords in Black play, play a big role in the forests of Hatchetfield. Yeah. Even with all of these, Hitchens would have probably known that she was up there because it's said that he has bear traps. Um, it's very clear that those are his bear traps in the Hatcherfield Ape Man. And so he probably had a routine where he'd go out, hunt, check on his bear traps every single day. And so that was probably how he knew that she was up there anyway. Yeah. So that was our episode on the Hatchfield 8-Man. Come back next week where we will be talking about Higgins. Yeah, we would be talking about Lucy, but like I said, she doesn't have a lot of robust character development or any character at all. So we're probably going to be able to make a full episode out of Higgins rather than a one-story character with no real dimension. If you have any suggestions for theories or or you want to um, be in one of our episodes, you can email blackandwhite-pod at outlook.com. Yeah, but for now, thank you for coming to the Black and White. The Lords in Black thank you, and try not to nuke Russia on your way out.